0: Sleepy, are you awake? Hey, what's up with the world? Real quick, before we get to the podcast, just a reminder: the Sleep Talking Podcast is a music podcast with random conversations and POV's on pop culture, news topics, and any and everything that comes to mind. With that being said, this is not for the easily offended. So, if you get offended easily, you're advised to turn off now. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy the conversation. Let's go what's up with the world it's your boy cbj you're tuning into sleep talking podcast i'm your host cbj and i have a special guest michelle bernard uh want to introduce yourself
1: Sure. Thank you, Juan, for letting me be a part of your podcast. Um, Yeah, my name is Michelle Bernard. I am a Chicago uh, resident and I go way back with Juan. And so I'm excited to be a part of his journey as far as, you know, getting people excited about music. And I can't wait to share my um, my journey as well. But just to give you a little bit of information about me, I am actually a host of Why Me Now podcast. You can find it on Spotify. Um, And it's just about Black lives, Black people talking about Black topics that are widely not talked about, but should be. So if you are interested, please check it out on Spotify. Again, that's Why Me Now. I'm your host, Michelle Bernard on there, and I can't wait to hear your feedback.
0: Awesome, awesome. So for those that don't know, um, me and Michelle both went to Rittner High School together, lived in St. Louis for... At least the majority of my life, I'm uh, pretty sure majority of Michelle lived uh, her life was lived in St. Louis, too right?
1: The first twenty six years of my life, yes, I've been in Chicago for the past ten years.
0: right, right so um, so we have some 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 uh, commonalities. We know some things about uh, life in St. Louis, but that's not you know, uh, it was easy for us to connect and do this, you know we 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 talk uh, online every now and then and. Uh, things like that, but you know, I, I've been a fan of your your podcast since you started. Like, I've had my this podcast. I, I started it uh, about almost five years ago. Um, oh wow! And, and five years ago, I was plugging away every week. Um, once I moved, I slowed down a little bit during the pandemic. I kind of picked it back up every week again, and I kind of been like spot or miss. So you're actually part of my relaunch for the third time. So. Um, you're my first guest, uh, since I, you know, for almost a year, like last year I was planning on doing it again. Uh, I kind of took some time off again. Um, my other <laughs> podcast I have is a, a sports podcast I do with my cousin since that one's ending, this is the perfect time for me to relaunch it. So, uh, but again, my listeners, you know, they know that, w- you know, we talk music, uh, you know, whether it's from the first pers- perspective, you know, as a, a musician or maybe we're, we talk music uh, topics as far as for, um you know whatever whatever's going on pop culture wise right
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i i have some uh, questions that i just want to you know just start out with um you have a music background yes
1: i do have a music background it's pretty significant to and essential to my life honestly um so i honest i started obviously with r&b music the radio was everything that um we had technically in my household. So I would um, you know, just listen to like the oldies but goodies like Tevin Campbell and Bo, you know, Mariah Carey back in the nineties. So I'm a nineties girl. 90s yep. I was born oh, yeah. in eighty five. <laughs> First five years, I listened to whatever my parents listened to. But once I became of age and you know understood, like okay, these people are hitting my soul. Like I really enjoyed this music. Obviously, it was the only thing I was exposed to at the time because I'm a you know black American woman. So R and was the bread and butter of who I am. However, mm-hmm. I started playing the violin when I was ten years old. Nice. So. I'm classically trained. I can read music and I still play to this day. So how old am I? 37? I've been playing for 27 years, the violin. So I love, you know, Mozart, Travowski, um, you name it. I I've played it. <clears throat> I still play to this I, day just for fun.
0: I love it. Like, do you do you know how like I've I've always loved music. Like music is I don't I'm not necessarily uh I guess I'm I'm an intermediate, like I can, I know the notes, I know the chords and things like that. My hands have not really worked with me as far as for playing the keys (laughs) like I would like them to But again, I can read music. I can kind of decipher a few things with it. Uh, It helps me with my music production. I learned uh, most of music theory while I was in college, uh, second time that I went. But, uh, so you you understand inversion, uh, inverse notes, like first inversion, second inversion
1: uh no probably been a while I don't...
0: so so i would I, w- I bring it up because when i was in college uh, learning inversions like i almost flunked out of college because i couldn't get it right and i was calling for like i need a tutor i need some help you know they were very you know it's an accelerated program when i was in at full sale but it took me talking to one of the um it wasn't a counselor but they a, a liaison that they had they're like, well, what's the hard thing that you're getting? I don't understand first inversion and second inversion. They're like, oh, the first inversion is like you just take the top note of a chord and put it on the bottom, and then if you're taking the second inversion, you're taking the bottom chord and the essentially the bass chord, and putting it on the top. And once they said that, like everything clicked. No longer failing this class. Like I had it all made sense at that point. But I was so mad because like I'd taken this class at this point. Like I was on my fourth go around on this class. <laughs> And I was like, nobody could tell me anything. Like, my teacher's like, just practice, practice, practice. But explain it to me in such a simple way <clears throat> it made so much sense to me. So I'm always intrigued on when I hear people talk about, like, oh, I, I can read music and whatever. Uh, so is violin all you did? Like, did you ever sing? Did you, or is it just like strictly oh. and
1: Oh, I have. No, no, no. So I guess I forgot to add that I also was a part of the church choir. We were a traveling church choir. I went to Transfiguration Lutheran Church. And so, I mean, we sang songs that you would recognize because if you've ever seen Sister, Sister, we, we reenacted Joyful, Joyful. Like we were a big group of youth stu- like youth choir members I was an alto at the time I was a soprano so I um yeah I'm really very much like music is my soul like everything that oh. I do has to do with music and yeah so I I mean played the violin when I was young listened to the R&B on the uh, radio and I sing now to at this uh gesture in my life like I actually sing every day I do voice nice. warm um, and you know, it's so funny is that I actually was uh, very shy back in the day. Like when I was a child, I didn't want anybody to hear my voice. So no one ever heard my voice until I moved to Chicago. I like outside of church. I, no one ever heard me even in church. Like I sometimes would not sing because I just refused to have my voice be heard. It was so strange. So I honestly did not start singing into my thirties. Um, and it's like everything to me because, um, I use this app called star maker. So when the pandemic hit, I was doing, I was going to karaoke prior to that in Chicago. It's called, uh, the place that I was going to is called speak easy Brando speak easy and it's a huge karaoke place. And so I was going there pretty much three times uh, a week before the right. pandemic hit. And then once the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, what? how do I, ha- you know, you know, outlet, like my emotions, like how do I, where's the outlet for, you know, the things that are going on. Singing is my new outlet. And so I took to an app that's called Star Maker and I record on it every, not every day, but at least every week I I put up about 10 songs on there. They actually grade it. Star Maker is associated with The Voice, American Idol, and America's Got Talent. So the CEO of that company actually, you know, made this for who love to sing and it's a really competitive uh, uh, app it's it's very it's international um you know it's in the united states as well but it's prominent more in international countries so you can you could do auditions you can win money you can record you can do lives you could do uh duets uh stitches you get you can become a verified singer on this app and you can become a celebrity on the app, depending on how many followers you have, if you broadcast, if you live. So I do all of that from home.
0: That's awesome. You know, uh, the funny thing is, a lot of people don't know this, but like you remember like how making the band was a big thing before like uh, American Idol kind of took, American Idol and, and making the band were both off like at the same time in the early 2000s uh mtv actually had star maker um it was mtv like it was supposed to be like uh puffy's star maker like it was supposed to be like his first thing that he did before he joined making the band and i was actually asked to uh go down to the loop and audition for that i don't remember exactly why why i didn't do it but i I remember i was like oh i'm gonna try this because like you know early very early on I, i was very fearless in the idea of like i'm gonna try all these different things and as I got older, I kind of got a uh, jaded by the whole. A lot of those, uh, a lot of times when they're like, "Oh, you're gonna audition for this, or you're gonna, you're gonna do that," I found like one. A lot of times, like American Idol, they know some people are bad singers, and they they ask them to come for a second audition just so that way they have some content of some bad singers. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. see. Then, then I also found that, like, a lot of these competitions were like, oh, Universal Records is looking for the new whatever artist, you know, come down to this club and we're going to let you guys uh, perform in front of them and someone's going to leave with the record deal. A lot of those were already set up. It's like, we know who we're going to get, but to pay for this, we're going to have all these people pay for submissions and come in. And, and like, it's already been a back backhanded deal that's already been set up. So the person they had planned on winning – was already there, so I, I kind of got jaded early on, and like learning those little tricks that were going on. So I kind of quit participating in a lot of that. Also, oh, wow. in the a lot, also on the paperwork, if people don't pay attention. Like you sign away the rights to the songs that you you do, and then like you could essentially get sued later on if that song blows up and they were playing on, uh, or they could sell it to their artist that they're picking up. Like it's like little things like that. Like man, this. This industry is like very tough and, and, and bad in a lot of ways. Um, it'll jade you once you start to learn all that. And, and then people always complain about, like, oh, bad record deals and whatever. And I learned a lot of that before I was probably even 20. So um, I was very ahead of the curve as far as for, like, trying to be an independent artist when that comes around.
1: That's awesome. And to add to that, a lot of these music shows, just like you were just describing, similar, are, you know, signing these kids or whatever on the voice and then they end up having contracts with the voice and they don't i i I assume that they don't have any real rights to the music that they create because they're under contract with the voice or american idol or who have you so i mean i don't know that part but it seems like it's like that
0: i want to say like the band used to have like a two-year contract so like if you got oh okay you like like, you had any film time, they would, like, oh, yeah, we reserved all the rights for anything you did in the first... You know, for two years, we had the rights for it, and then there was a shelf life of how much time before you could go somewhere else. I want to say, I don't know if you knew the girl. She was, like, a couple years under us uh, Asia that went on uh, American Idol, and she kind of... I think she got to, like, the second round on the American Idol she was on. And uh, that kind of did her kind of similar to that. Like, they didn't let her... Um, stop herself after that. Cause she made it to the second round and, um, uh, they gave her false promises of like, Oh yeah, you know, uh, R- Randy wants to give you a deal and Simon are going to give you a deal. So don't worry about this. And then like nothing really ever evolved from that.
1: Right. Yeah. And a lot of times those, uh um, music shows, a lot of the artists you don't really see after, I mean, other than, like, Kelly Clarkson and um, it, what was you know, Jennifer Hudson, like, they really if they're not, like, extraordinary like, they don't really go very far
0: Well, it became a machine, uh, L.A. Reed right. in his book, he talked about how, like he lost his ear for what was really good talent versus like, oh, this is, like, TV talent like,
1: correct
0: and real talent were two different things to him. And so like, he was like, I picked up a few artists that just didn't do well. And he's like, I just kind of had to step away from it and sharpen my ear again, because they're, they're different, you know? And, uh, so yeah, that's interesting. But you know, like the thing, so like I said, I I love music. Um, and, and the way it affects us, like it, to me, it's like our own time machine, certain songs, you know, you can listen to it and it can, uh, take you on a journey for like man I remember the first time I I thought I was in love or the first time that I did fall in love with somebody because of this one song um do you have a song that you like that that triggers an emotion like every time you hear like man I just it takes me back to a time in my life that that I'm not today
1: Mm. yeah now that you're saying that and, and you say it in that uh, retrospect yeah there were a ton of songs one song that just popped out in my head was gone by um Sync. I know it's so 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 <laughs> random but I
0: love that song but I know do you yeah.
1: so yeah. the reason why I like that song was because when I broke up with a specific person like I like you said I attributed that song to them, like, they were gone, so I was sad about it, and so now they're tied to that song. So every time I hear that song, I rem- I'm reminded that they're not here anymore in my life, but it's a very sad song, um, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song, and I just... You know,
0: the, the funny thing about that song to me was, like, I had no idea that it was empty because I started playing it on Urban Radio. Like Wow. It was like, oh yeah, this is like I don't know who's this new group, and they're like that's Instinct. I'm like, no, man, this is like it's I don't know who it is. It's a, it's a black group. I know it's a black group.
1: Like,
0: no, that's Instinct. Like that's Justin Timberlake. I'm like no, man, like it's got to be somebody else. Like you were thinking of two different songs, and then it wound up being. I was like, oh wow, <laughs> okay. Nope. before that, before that, they were very pop. It was very different. Like that was kind of the the transition for for Justin Timberlake to just switch into absolutely. Yep, so I, I agree. I, i get all of that like i said i uh it's funny so i was talking to my brother um a while uh, a while ago and i was saying how like i have a, a wide taste in music um and it's because of my upbringing um when i would go garage selling with my mom like we would listen to oldies so like all like 50s rock or uh the 70s and 60s like motown hits like this is what I grew up listening to when we would go garage dealing as a kid. And then as I got older, um, my older brother was like into hair metal um, type of bands, like the 80s rock bands and things like that. So I kind of liked some of the the Metallica and the I mean, I know that was 90s grunge type stuff, but um, the Motley Crue, Kiss, things like that. Like I was kind of into that because of my oldest brother. And then when I got into hip hop was my, my middle brother because he was listening to like bone and uh all these, you know, Tupac and things like that. So I kind of got into to hip hop from that. And then so like yeah, I have a wide range of the music that I listen to. Like oh, and I'm surprised when people don't know it, but again, I, I because I had so many different people help form my taste in music. I like all kinds of music.
1: <laughs> agree. I'm going to say wait, um like I said classically trained uh, church choir. Uh, now I sing. Um, I tried to play the piano, but like you, I my hand and feet don't have the coordination <laughs> to do both at the same time, so I that right. never happened. But my sister, she can play the piano without music, she doesn't need to read it, she can hear it and play. Uh, so Jamila, yeah, Jamila can play the piano. No,
0: no way, <laughs> yes way, yes way, perfect. That's, that's awesome,
1: um, I wish she would have, like, focused on her music, too, but her, my niece is now playing a string instrument, too, the bass, so I'm really excited. The string instruments are, like, falling in the next generation in my family, which I'm really, really happy about. She wanted to follow in my footsteps when it comes to that, so I, it's, I'm making an impact on my own family, which is extraordinary because I really think that she could do really well in this, this uh, music. It really helped to develop me, you know? It helped me yeah. to be able to, just uh, see beyond just what I knew about music.
0: You know what? That's a great thing. Um, cause you, you know, obviously most people associate like, uh, string instruments with classical cause that's where you're going to typically hear most of it. But, and then there's like proven studies, right. That talk about like, Oh, if you listen to classical music, it stimulates your brain differently and, uh, you know, things like that. So,
1: and and to add to your point you're right there are other violinists my okay my favorite all-time artist that plays the violin her name is miri m-i-r-i space ben b-e-n hyphen a-r-i she is a um she's uh she's jewish I want to say no, she's Israeli. So she's Israeli and she's been um, integrated into the hip hop music. So she plays hip hop violin. She's a hip hop violinist. So she plays with Kanye West. She's played with um, one of my favorite songs by her is the Symphony of Brotherhood. If you haven't heard it, it's a powerful instrumental um, without words. The fact that music without words is so much so powerful um, that it, it resonates. It makes your, like you vibrate from the inside out when you like play the string instrument. It's really healing, too, on top of it. Um, but yeah, Mary Ben-Irie is my favorite violinist, and I absolutely uh, would recommend her to anyone just wanting to see a different aspect of hip-hop and string instrument fused together.
0: I was just about to ask you if she was the hip-hop uh, violinist, because I remember when uh, Twista came out, it's like I know it was. Oh, I yes. See it. And then there was that, like, the violinist, and I, I was thinking that was her name, but they didn't, yeah.
1: Yep, that's her. her. That's my favorite violinist of all time. I actually want to walk in her footsteps.
0: I remember um, my nephew and my, my little cousin were both learning to play, like, violin, and obviously when kids are learning not always the nicest. it's like it's like oh my god like this is, <laughs> this is torture for everyone around to have to listen to them like play the wrong notes or like uh trying you know they're scared they're timid while people are watching them type of thing and my uncle would play um devil went down to georgia to, to kind of inspire them to like it doesn't have to be a, like a nerdy or like a boring thing like if you learn to play it and you play it well you could actually do some really cool things with it and i remember that was kind of like his lesson in the music was like, uh, and uh, what's his name? Um, the something Dingo's band or whatever. They had a violinist in there, and like they played it, like fast, and it was like aggressive, and it wasn't your typical like classical music type of thing. So,
1: yeah, and and I feel like her music, her violin, her the way that she plays. Is so significant. It's almost like a voice, like like Beyonce's voice is very signature. uh, uh, Whitney Houston's voice is very signature. Her voice is very signature, and her voice is the violin. Nobody can replicate her sound. If you hear one or two notes, you know it's her, because she has such a style to it that is, it's incredible how she made the violin seem like it could be like a drum, or it could be like a tam. It could be something big in a in a in a song that um, has, that holds a lot of power without words.
0: Right. A lot of people don't necessarily realize that there's a lot of classical strings that are, that go into hip hop. Yeah.
1: Like,
0: a lot, a lot. A lot of times, like that's the, the, the stabs that people hear. It's the, it's the contr uh, um, beat or whatever, uh, or melodies or whatever. Like they, they put them in there and not necessarily because, uh, Of anything other than like, it's a a piece of music you can loop without having to try and cut something like in between someone's words, you know, most Mm -hmm. music and rock or whatever. There's always words, but obviously when you're you're getting classical and you're speeding it up and you're, there's no words in it. So you can just kind of speed it, manipulate it, chop it up all kinds of different ways and you can use it in your music all the time. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm.
1: And you can get a message without words too. And I just think that that's important. One thing I want to also mention about music, I feel like a lot of rap music, I know this is probably going off, not on a tangent, but just my opinion about music. Like I, it's like, you know, drinking water or the food that you put in your body. Like music is the same thing in consumption. You are almost like what you listen to. And I feel like, um, you know, when people listen to like rap music and it's like, kill this person, take this drug, slap that person, you know, it's just kind of like it It almost is a part of you, like a, a development of you, a product of you. Because like it, lots of my podcast episodes, I talk about products of your environment this is another one. It, it kind of helps to develop who you are in a sense.
0: So going on to add to that, it's kind of interesting because uh if you guys don't know, I recently was on, on uh, Michelle's podcast uh, and we did a great episode. We went over a lot of different things. But um, we talked about what gets put into the media and what what develops our views of what people are based on race or based on whatever. Like Because, in, you know, you watch a TV show and every time they show a black person, it's a kid who's like comes from a broken home. And, you know, they're getting abused or it's a kid that's like a thug and they're always in trouble. Like that's the only views of people we we get when we're watching it. And then, you know, maybe you see hip hop and then hip hop's very violent and they're talking about all these violent things and they're talking about drugs and whatever. And so this is what the media puts out. And so if you don't grow up in a metropolitan where there is uh, a different facets of people, this is what you believe black people act like, or this is what you believe Mexican people act like, right? Um, But there's more to it. And that's where, like, what I was saying, like, you know, your representation and what you're being seen and what, you you know, who we're putting out here uh, matters in a way. And and to see those different walks of life. And unfortunately, so you were talking about the violence in hip hop and you being in Chicago um, that's also known in hip hop world as Chirac there's a lot of people out there uh, on a regular basis uh, a lot of the lyrics are very violent from there they, they have a, a style called uh, what's that style of hip-hop they call it uh, drill music and so yes it's very violent and it's talking about different things and I think what people fail to realize is as creatives and hip-hop are, you know it's art if I painted a picture of a violent crime, you're just going to be like, man, that was really gruesome. As a musician, someone that's writing these lyrics to beats and things like that, uh, it sounds very violent. And then some people are saying, like, you're you're glorifying it. And I don't think that it's necessarily glorifying it. Uh, if you take a story that, like, if... If you take that story that a, a hip hop artist says, and you you you're taking it as like he's glorifying this, but he's not necessarily glorifying it. He's talking about things in his neighborhood or in his family, correct? Or that he's seen. Correct. Uh, the way you interpret it isn't how it's meant to be interpreted, is what I'm trying to get. Um, what? Right? Like you, like like art is always subjective, right? Like when I look at, you know, you can go to the art museum and look at something and be like, man, that's a a messed up looking face. But to someone else, like, man, it's beautiful. Like they're looking at it and they see some different kind of beauty in it for something else. But like, when we're talking about music, you take it like, man, this beat is aggressive. The way they play the drums, the way they they play this music, the way they say the lyrics, you're taking it as aggressive. But for whatever reason, when we're talking hip hop, we say that these people in hip hop are, are, uh, violent, but, you could take a rock and roll song and like, or a heavy metal song and they're being just as violent.
1: Right. And, I, and I'm not, and I'm not discrediting. Uh, and I agree with you. I think that I don't think that, you know, rap music is saying, Oh, you should do this. You should do that. I agree with you that it is just them capturing what it is that they see in their neighborhoods. I think that when I, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we are what we consume, even if it's just Mary Ben-Irie, you know, playing her symphony of brotherhood. I'm not, and it, it is what she sees too. It, it is, it's absolutely subjective. And I feel like I personally would not listen to rap music and certain, certain types of rap music because it's too aggressive for me. Like it's your personal right. preference too.
0: So, so yeah, that, I mean, I, I would just kind of go on on my own tangent about it, but it, It's, I don't know, like, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, for a long time, hip hop was really young. Like, for the majority, like, hip hop's only like 50 years old at this point. But for the majority, like, the stars have been in their early 20s. But now we're starting to see artists in their 30s, 40s, 50s.
1: The yeah, ones no. that actually made it to their thirties, forties, and fifties—we don't talk, we haven't talked about, you know, the Tupacs and the Biggies of the world yet. We haven't even talked about that because right, I feel like right. that's a bit
0: too. Well, that those are the ones that we we point at and say, like, you know, that that they, those are the often those are who we, we voiced as like, oh, these are the pillars of who who got it to where it is, and yeah, they help popularize it. And, And get it there. But I mean, I hear today, like they say hip hop is a uh, a dangerous field of music to be in. And I can say, I mean, as someone that's been doing hip hop um, for almost 20 years now, it is hard. It's hard. Like clubs do not like to have hip hop in there because they, they associate it with the violence that comes along with it. I've had plenty of events where they, have. I've actually, I've never had any violence in any of my events that I've thrown personally, except for one time. And it was within my own crew of people. And I punished them severely for it because I got punished for it. Like my, the club venue that I, I was using charged me more rent because of the violence of one of two people over a girl. But uh, like, I was like, you know, when we do stuff, like, if you have a problem, you have to wait till after, like, when we're no longer doing business. Like, don't do it during business hours. Like, we're out here doing the show. We have a, we have a duty to, to hold a certain, um, like, it's our duty to, to keep it safe. We can't be the ones causing problems. Like, we're not, you know, like, if there's a fight that breaks out, we shouldn't be the ones that, like, have, that have started it. Or, or, you know, we should be helping calm it down because we're throwing these events. Not because we got in our feelings in a moment and now we're the problem. Like that doesn't make but, sense. That, that affects our money.
1: <laughs> but was that because of the music or was that just because they were just,
0: it was you just know, coincidental. They were... when you're in the nightlife, you're going to, you know, you bring your girlfriend around, someone's going to take a look at her or maybe she had an ex-boyfriend, whatever. Like it's, it's life. But but it's, it's but it had
1: not a tie to the actual music that was playing. Mm-hmm
0: no but because it was a hip-hop event and the music that they you know like it's just already no and i get what you're I'm saying, saying. Yeah. i
1: get what you're saying like it people associate violence with a hip-hop music even though it's supposed to be just art and, and like you said this person showed up and like a one bad uh, apple out of you know many people that were there right. you know have now uh this image that, uh, you know, hip-hop music is violent when it had nothing to do with the music at all. And that was my point, uh, to just clarify what you were saying, because at the end of the day, that could happen at anybody's event. Like, that could happen at a Coldplay event. It happened at Ariana's event. It happened at, you know, a lot of artists that are still performing today. It happened, violence happens everywhere at 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 an event. It has nothing to do with the music.
0: A great example of that. Wasn't that a country concert in Vegas whenever it got yeah. caught up?
1: Right, uh, exactly.
0: But but nobody nobody raises the, the price of the rent or charges more for security because of... But how do we you know? know? You, you know how we know? Because there's still plenty of country concerts that get to happen every day. Hip-hop it, the, really? has a stigma. Yeah, like there's... there They will always put the stigma of... Because it goes to again, what is the media portraying? Oh, it's violent. They're you know all these black people that don't get along. It's going to end in violence. Like this is this is stigma that goes behind it. And as somebody that's been a hip hop promoter for for the last you know fifteen years, I again in fifteen years I had one fight break out. And yeah, and
1: and that's just (laughs) but that's just one story that's really close. Um,
0: right. But I know other promoters that again the same thing like there's been car break-ins and whatever but when you're in the city car break-ins are going to happen there's going to be things but they had nothing to do with the show that was right. the show and,
1: um, <laughs> and I feel like we're completely off tangent here cuz the only the, the point of my my saying you know that you know that's kind of what like you said people assume that hip hop music is all violence it's not my only point was that you you kind of if you say, for instance, they're not an artist. Say, for instance, they're just a general po- public listening to the music. They don't know the intent behind the music. They only hear what the music is saying. Because there are those people that will play out the song because they are hearing it. They're not the artist. They don't have the good intentions behind it. But again, you could go to Metallica and you could say, oh, you know, they have all kind of stuff in their music that people will take and take it seriously because we know this to be a fact that people right. like to replicate stuff i'm not saying that the music is glorifying it or anything like no, that no, i was no, just no. saying that you are what you consume
0: right and i mean you're not wrong like gangster music you know some people like i will say there's some music that's for me and some music it's not for me um right me too
1: same like,
0: th- there's some music that's like you know like okay perfect example sometimes like um uh, Kendrick Lamar is, like, considered one of the best hip-hop artists uh, ever, especially of this time. I personally don't like Kendrick Lamar. Not that I think that he makes bad music, not that I don't think that he can't rap, but I just think that his music, I'm not his target demographic. Like, it just doesn't, there's some songs I like. I like him being featured on stuff, but I personally don't like the way he does a lot of um, accents in his music. So it turns me off personally. But I understand why people like him. Um, You know, there's, you know, I am a bigger fan of Fat Joe than I was of Big Pun. And most people think that's crazy because most people are like, Big Pun was the better rapper than Fat Joe. I couldn't tell you why. I can just tell you, like, I personally, this is what I like. I can understand why other people like who who they like, but it's just, again, it's not me. What they're speaking of doesn't speak to me. Exactly.
1: Exactly right you you choose what you want to c- consume
0: yeah well uh there's you know going back to the whole like what you're you're consuming uh it, i look at it like some of it some of it shows you a different world that she was like i've never i've never heard this kind of people talk like this so i like it for that purpose there's uh, some escapism in some music and then mm-hmm. some of it's like you know what i listen to it because when i'm down and this person like mary j Blige makes Great R and B music for a, a broken soul. So you listen to Samar- uh, St. Blige when you're going through a breakup, and it and it helps you because you feel like it it helps console and work you through those emotions. And that's where I think that you know we're both kind of you know, overlapping on what we're saying. There's yeah, the way yeah. music. The and way I music actually, like,
1: sorry, oh, I was gonna say actually. Yes, I do say that uh music consumption is a thing. Um but oh, I lost my thought, but I also think that um crap, I'm so sorry.
0: You're fine.
1: I feel like it influences you, right? It influences yeah. how you um like you said, for for me, for emotions, like if I break up with somebody and I'm sad, I'm probably gonna go to Tony Braxton, unbreak my heart. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm gonna go to uh, if I'm happy, I'm gonna go to Pharrell, and I'm like he has a song. It's called Happy or something like that. Like, but you, right. you're right. Like your emotions too are driven by what you want to consume or what you want to listen to. Or um, right. But that's also because you know about that music. Like you said, another point, you were like, there is a lot of music that I don't know that I would love to be exposed to to see if it would be something I would be interested in listening to and putting in my music collection uh, or my music palette, I should say. Um, But yeah, I think that music is tied to a lot of things that we don't even recognize that it's tied to, like just our normal behavior and day. Yeah,
0: Yeah, there was a... uh a song that came out when we were in high school uh, from a, from the Cumbia Kings. Um, they're like, I guess like the Cumbia rap type styles, what they were at the time. And it was a song that was actually sad. Like and when you translate the words, it's like, uh, where did my heart go? Uh, I've lost it. But to me, the beat was very upbeat. Like it was very like an upbeat like, I, I, like, when every time I heard it, I was hearing, like, or I was, like, imagining, like, flowers blooming, and I was like, man, this is, like, a great song, and then, like, I don't know, someone was like, the lyrics don't reflect that. Like, the lyrics are, this guy's, like, got a broken heart, and he's, he's trying to find it. Like, he doesn't know where his, his heart has gone, and he's, he's searching for it. And I was like, well, that, that's a downer, because, like, the, I don't get that from the music that's being played around it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, like you know, there's there's something to that too. Like you don't, you know, just getting involved in the sound of it and the feel of it doesn't necessarily even reflect the same thing. either. And, there's a lot and, of songs are deceiving like that, though.
1: So "Hey Ya" was a song that was pointed out to me like that. It's very upbeat, but it talks about something incredibly important to this day and age. Um, you would have to go out and look at the lyrics to 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 read it and see it um but it's one of those
0: it was one of those things like um it it was talking about like being like people are so like they don't even realize what you're saying they're just so caught up in a good beat and a good good vibe that they don't like it's something like that right like it wasn't not verbatim but it was something like along the lines of like he was talking about being trapped as a uh as a musician that nobody pays attention to behind a good beat type of thing wasn't it
1: Yeah, exactly exactly
0: yeah yeah there's um i remember hearing about that and i was like because you you just hear the hey yeah the loud music and the whatever and you're like oh that's kind of cool and then what else is it um uh-huh. the margarita uh do you like pina coladas it's a song about cheating like i think that's hilarious like everybody's like Oh, I love the Piña Colada song, and they, they, you know, they're out, they're drinking, and they just think it's like this real chilled out song. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's literally about a guy, or uh, that responds to a classified ad, <laughs> and then winds up finding out that his wife, like, he put a classified ad about drinking uh, Piña Coladas in the uh, on the beach type thing. And then like they were all okay with it. I was like, that's that's hilarious and not realistic whatsoever.
1: and and another song that i like to sing all the time is by Katy perry the one that got away super upbeat song but it's so sad (laughs) if you hear the lyric because it's like oh my god they're breaking up ultimately (laughs) like this is so sad so no uh music can really uh play on you if you're not actually listening to it and again um And sometimes you play the song, you might be sad, but you still are listening to it. You don't even know why.
0: Yeah, well, I found some R and B like it was so good, and yeah, it's a breakup song. But like, you just like, but I feel good when I listen to this music. Like, I'm gonna maybe it's in your mental space. Like, maybe if you're in a good space and you listen to it, it just sounds like a good music. But and you don't have that bad emotion to associate with it. You don't have the breakup, but you just like, I just like the song. It's a really good song.
1: Yeah, like Toni Braxton, like all of her songs are sad songs, but I love them all. I would s- listen to them or sing them without like being upset, like Unbreak Your Heart or How Can an Angel uh, Break My Heart or something like that. But they're so good. Um, yeah. And another one like that is Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, all the best. They all have right. songs that are upbeat, that have like strong messages or are sad or, you know, other things than just you know, having a good time and dancing. And I mean, ultimately, music is for that, just to so, uh, be able to express yourself.
0: But isn't it, like, isn't it, like, that? again, that's the amazing part of music. Because you can talk about your own personal problems. You can talk about societal problems. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, uh, what's going on? It's about the world being a crazy place and whatever. And, and Marvin Gaye did that back in the, was it, 70s, late 80s, something like that. Or late or early eighties, um, but yeah, you know it, it. That's what I love about music. Like I I love the way you can associate either something amazing, you know, family events. You know, oh man, this reminds me every time we get together for Christmas. Or this reminds me of every time exactly this or that. It's what makes music amazing, right? Also, like I, I want to ask you, someone that again, you were just talking about how how we, we feed off of music. Have you heard about in hip hop how they want to use your your lyrics against you uh, in court?
1: What? How?
0: So because what if
1: it's like fictitious and made up?
0: So that's there's two arguments. So there's one part like Jay Z uh, has gotten it to pass in New York where it's against the law to use your lyrics against you, but I think it's in Atlanta right now. There's um, I think it's Young Thug and Gunner have a big case against them. Uh, they're trying to do a RICO case, which is typically a, a lawsuit that they use for the mafia. It was created for the mafia. It was created to take down uh, organized crime. But they're taking song lyrics of these guys and saying, you have talked about real events in your lyrics, and we think you're behind them, and now we are going to put you in jail for them.
1: Oh, my God. I just found an article about uh, that Rolling Stone wrote. It says, Democrats propose rap act to ban lyrics from being used. This was printed July 27th, 2022. Yeah. Recent stuff you're talking about. It says, right. our judicial system disparately criminalizes black and brown lives, including black and brown creativity. That's wild. That is new yeah. to me.
0: So I was just like, so so for me, like, as someone that writes hip-hop music, sometimes you just say something because it sounds cool. <laughs> like, my my attraction to hip-hop was the oh-shit factor. Was did he just say that. Like, when I would listen to, to some people, um, like Eminem has a lot of oh-shit factor, at least back in the uh, early 2000s when he was, like, the first one that was kind of coming up and doing it. Um, whenever he would talk about his mom, he's like, you never heard nobody talk ill or violent towards their mom, and so when you heard it, you'd be like, oh shit, he just said that, like, I can't believe he just said that, like, that to me is what attracts me to hip-hop, is like, when they can say something that's, like, deeper than just one, one line or whatever, but if it's entertaining you, if that's what the purpose of it is, like, he's, he's just saying this shit just to... Maybe he has some aggression he wants to get it out, but it's 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 entertainment, right? He's saying stuff about all these different things, and then you have someone that maybe maybe you did hear the story of how someone got robbed or how someone did this or that. Why See, should I? Be, why should I be the? Why should I have to go to jail is saying like, oh, well, you know, like you're part of this organization. Like, I, I mean, I know people are in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> like, I know not, you know, like I can't be accountable for what other people are saying right but
1: that infringes on the the bill of rights the first amendment the freedom of speech the freedom of expression so i would suit the government back i mean you can't tell, take our rights away by being able to express ourselves like that makes me so mad
0: so the i, f- I forget who it was it's uh i think it's a mayor somebody in that's a part of this case that says if you don't want your lyrics used against you, don't talk about crimes that you've done, and 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 so on. Which I no. will say, <laughs> I will say, as somebody who create who's been involved in whatever, that was always something like you don't want to incriminate yourself. Don't talk about anything that can get yourself in trouble. I will, I do agree with that part of it. Like if you know you're involved in a crime, don't rap about it, <laughs> and then think that you have no no repercussions of it because now you're at least giving some sort of evidence that you're admitting to doing it. Not saying that, that they should be able to use it against you, but it definitely gives the starting point to like, well, they said it in the song and now I believe that they did. And now when they actually go down the rabbit hole and, and get evidence that like, well, that was your own dumb fault. Uh, Bobby did this had the same thing. Like He talked about someone killing someone a week ago in his song, turned it into a huge hit. And then they wind up getting busted like six months after the song came out because it started a, a case where they're like, "Huh, this guy did die like two weeks before the song came out. Like, who does he know?" Like, and all these people went to jail for knowing about this and, and talking about it.
1: And what's so upsetting? Uh, there's several points that I want to make here. Is that there are I've watched episodes about other artists, Caucasian artists, white artists that have have been associated with killing someone over some, some music. Uh, and I'm not going to name names cause I'm not trying to get, <laughs> I'm not trying to get right. caught, but yeah, like they, um, were, nothing's done. Like they didn't, uh, investigate them at all. And there was an actual, like at that, things adding that- up to be like, they murdered this person, a white woman, because they were jealous of some other woman that they wanted to replace. It is out there in the news. And another thing I want to say about this whole, um, you know, being criminalized or charged for, you know, lyrics, I guess it's the same as, like, you put up a picture of you with guns and on Facebook and, like, they can use that against you, but that's evidence that they have. Like, they actually have video. This is something that was... In a, just lyrics. Like I feel like you have right. to have more evidence, unfortunately. No matter, I don't care what song it is, you have to have the right evidence. You can't use people's music to, to criminate them. I think that is crossing the line.
0: It is something that has been done a bunch of times throughout. Like really? Hip-hop. Yeah, like uh, Lil Boozy back in like 2005 was in prison and he was in court Fighting lyrics like in Louisiana over oh you said you did this you did that and he's like I'm just like a rapper like this is just you know lyrics or whatever he wound up beating his case but what we're finding more and more now is because of like Takashi Six Nine talking about th- different things Bobby smarter talking about different things like oh these guys are actually talking about what they've done in their music <laughs> so
1: yeah. Yeah, there's just there's there's just stupid people. <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like that's just dumb. Like to think that you're invincible to get away with that.
0: I I, I think what I well, my my thing is I don't think that most of them did the crime. I think oh, well no. I think most of them know who, who did it. it. <laughs> And that's where I find the, that's a tight line to walk. Right. Because it's not my job. It's not my job to, as a civilian, you do not have to report any crimes. Right. There's, there's, there's nothing that says if you witness a murder that you have to call the cops, you don't have to. Now, is it a, it's a moral issue at that point. Is it a good idea? Do you think you should like that's, That depends on how you, you view yourself as a person. But you don't have to do that, um. And I don't think that 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 I I should have to testify and say like I had nothing to do with this case. I just thought it was a good idea to to, to tell the story about it. And Correct. Music has, been, music has been an outlet that people have told story and story again. Like I could tell you if I was on on like fighting for my my freedom in that same way, I'd be like. Um, What's his name? Uh, who? Who? who uh, Bob Bob Marley. He didn't really shoot a sheriff, <laughs> but nobody ever said nothing to him about that. Like, correct. Uh, jo- uh Johnny Cash never went to uh, Folsom Prison, and no one ever questioned him and said that he was, you know, this or that. Like, all these different things. Like, you could, you got, you got to have a better case. And unfortunately, I don't know why some of these people haven't come up with better arguments. The like, best argument I've seen people talk about was like well, if you, if you don't believe that Will Smith was a murderer from watching uh, Independence Day, then why should you uh, uh, why do you believe that this hip-hop artist is uh, uh, a murderer because of the music that he raps? Like, well, because those are two different things. But I would just, again, hip, like, or not hip-hop, but just music in general has been an outlet. People tell stories through music since forever. The slaves use it to, to escape from being enslaved. People use stories to tell uh, about like warning each other through music through for many of years
1: and you know what you just said and i was just about to say and i'm glad you said what you said but i feel like this is just another way to keep us shut up like they don't want us to talk about the truth because a lot of times a lot of times even baby he that song that he came out with um oh my god i'm gonna come up with the title but he you know talked about violence but he talked about it in a way to protect yourself his message was different um what was that song called I'm going to come up with it. But in that song, he was like, you know, I'm not telling my children to go out in the streets and and bang and fight. And, you know, but you need to have a gun because the world that we live in is not so nice. Uh, So his message was different than let's go out and, you know, kill for our rights. It was more protect yourself and stand up for your rights. And I think that is so important when you, you hear songs uh, in today's world because it is different than it was back then. And I think that that is a huge distinction between music. Um, and I think that with, you know, the type of words that you do choose, it does have power. Because if we just just separate, you know, the music and just talked about, you know, communication by itself, it has a way to, if you use the right, you know, words have an impact that you can make if you want to make it, um, if you choose the right words to say. And I feel like he chose the right words to say to get his message across. Yeah, he still had guns in his video. He still had, you know, the people behind him. But it was a good message, even though people, you know, associate rap music with something else than it really is.
0: Again, you could argue, like, like again, I just talked about Eminem earlier in the podcast where I said, Eminem talked about raping his mom. Murdering his mom, he said Dr. Dre was dead in his basement. Like, and Eminem never once got in trouble for the lyric. I mean, he got in trouble by media for saying, you know, uh, things that they thought were offensive. But nobody ever took him to court over those lyrics and said that you're going to go to jail because we believe these things to be true. We only we a lot of shit again in the media. There's a difference between media. Saying like you shouldn't be able to say that, and and then you're you're talking about uh, hiding behind your your rights uh, being infringed on versus someone saying like no, you're committing crimes, and this is an act, and we can prove it by your lyrics. Like that's those are two different different sides of the spectrum, right?
1: Right. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. The song and that I was referring to is called "The Bigger Picture" by Baby. That's the song that I was referring to. Yeah, and all, um, and also about Eminem specifically, he actually sang a rebuttal song to apologize to his mother.
0: Yeah, eventually he got there. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, all that. I mean, it's I don't know. I don't. I personally don't agree with the the police or even uh, anyone trying to enforce like you shouldn't be able to say this or that. Like if you're self incriminating on it, sure but you're you're creating a whole Rico case that's taking down a whole group of people, which they're saying that the record label is a organized crime. They're paying for, like, hits to be put out on each other and whatever. And they, they say it in songs, but again, that goes back to, like, well, everybody knows me and him have a, a problem with each other. And then, like, in hip-hop, we have a thing called battle rap. Like, there's raps that you say that are just verbally offensive. Like, we're verbally assaulting each other through these, these words that we say to each other, but that doesn't make them to be true. And, it, you know, I said it because it sounded cool for me to say that I, I smoked your your best friend in a cigarette over, like, these are kids. You know, I, on your podcast, I was saying, like, we're, you know, most of these people are kids. We're talking about, we're not talking about mature adults. Like, as we just said, Eminem is now 50 And he's done a song responding to himself, saying, like, sorry to his mom for the stuff that he was saying all those years in the past. Like, give these kids time to grow and to realize, like, you know what? Saying that that wild shit when I was 20 years old isn't so hot when I'm 40 years old.
1: Correct. And that goes back to, you know... Music preferences, what you want to consume every day, because I assume that when you're 40, the music that you're listening to uh, playing uh, when you're in your 20s was what, who you were back then. And that's why they're deciding to not listen to that anymore, because that's who they were. And now that, that they're, you know, in their 40s, they are listening to something that's more tailored to. And it might just be the music that they were listening to in their 20s, just in their 40s in a different way.
0: Well, keep in mind, like, the best example to that would be Jay-Z, right? Like, Jay-Z mm-hmm. is notoriously known for being a, a drug dealer before he became a hip-hop artist. Like, he's—at yep. least that's what he says. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say he was or wasn't, but according to he him— said yeah, he, he said it. Yeah, he said that he sold drugs, and so his earlier records often talked about selling drugs. Now, the last album that I heard, he's talking about— uh, investments and doing all these different things to help the community out yep so there's there's the growth like again he's no longer in in marcy project seeing the drug dealers seeing the the murders seeing all those things that he was once talking about and i don't think he was glorifying i think he was just telling his neighborhoods his stories you know his Um,
1: weapon of choice was rap music and yeah. yeah
0: Yeah, like, well, we've always had those, you know, uh, people in society, the, the storytellers, the the people that did the entertainment, you know, and the people that consume it, you know, the unfortunate part is, yeah, there's some people that consumed it because they they it was, again, the escapism. Like, I grew up in middle America. I've never seen what a, a bando looks like. I don't know what an abandoned house and someone trapping out of it looks like, but listening to Jeezy, he tells me a whole story of what it's like. I think it's kind of cool because in middle America, all we have is, you know, hunting deer or something like that. Like nothing <laughs> close to, to those things, but it's, it's foreign to them. But then there's someone that grew up in the inner city. who was like, yo, I, I, I remember hearing my friend go through that same situation or I was in that same situation myself. So you relate to it in a different way. And yep. I think that's, that's the difference. And I think that's the one thing I know um, when my brother went to, to court. Uh, this last time, and I was talking to the judge on his behalf, I had told him, like, you know, I think everyone at some point has broken the law, whether it's big laws or small laws. I said, the difference is is some of us got caught and were able to, or weren't able to walk away from a bad situation. And some of us um, were, weren't were caught, and we were able to, to walk away from it, and or were able to reflect years later, like, man, that was stupid. I could have mm. gone to jail for a long time for this, or I could have hurt somebody severely by doing these actions, thank God nothing happened at that time. Right. But right. some people aren't in those same situations and they don't get that same grace. And, and the, uh, I don't know. It's
1: and I, and I agree with you. Like, I feel like, uh, one thing that you said, it, it, the music that you hear outside of your, hometown or your surroundings, your environment and listening to something that is different than what you experience helps to expand your mind. And I think that is important too, to, to listen to a variety variety of types of music, just to see like, you know, this could be something I like. I just don't know because I've never exposed myself to it or I've never, you know, stepped outside of my zone because you know oh, rap music is for black people or metal is for you know white people or pop music is for young people or you know people try to like categorize and compartmentalize everything but in essence music is supposed to be experienced all types of music you should be listening to because there's power in all music it, it really is and it, it, one of the ways it could be powerful is to give you perspective on a life outside your own. Um, and, and I think that's important.
0: Right. I think um one thing i seen on TikTok, I don't know if you've seen this, but the, there's someone that did a, a video where they're saying like the songs that you sing, you're manifesting. So I think to some degree mm-hmm. that what you were saying was like, if you're listening to all this gangster rap and you're talking about all these these horrible things like in some ways yeah i wonder how much of that is true i know some people made a joke of it because they were like there's a whole lot of money and like they're looking in their purse and there was nothing that was showing up and i was like it's funny but at the same time i think there is some truth to it like if you're always listening if all you matter of fact let me let me take it back when i worked in the mall um this one guy told me he, he liked to wear a lot of white And he said the reason why he started wearing a lot of white was because his mom told him, son, you wear a lot of black and you're inviting a lot of negative energy by wearing black. He's like, my favorite color was to wear always black clothes, black shirts, whatever. But she she was like, son, you you should want to live. Don't don't rush to death. And so he started wearing a lot of white because he felt like it put him in a more godly presence to be uh, to do that, you know, making sure his clothes were clean, making sure that they were all white all the time, things like that. And I think similarly in music, if you're consuming nothing but negative music, things that make you feel angry or whatever, because I've heard people say, oh, I used to listen to all these gangster ass songs and it made me want to sell dope and it made me want to do that. And I think those are are anomalies in themselves because I don't...
1: I I don't think it's an anomaly. I honestly really, by which I have experienced, I do not think it's an 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 anomaly. what you said i just yes (laughs) i just feel like it we just don't see it that way because we don't we aren't that way
0: i will yeah maybe i don't know i just i don't think it's maybe it's because of i just had a, a better understanding and maybe my mom did a great job of explaining to me about the difference between reality and and fiction because i remember i remember watching like horror movies or watching uh like kung fu movies or whatever and my mom would be like you know those are that's fiction like that's not real you can't you can't walk up to people and do that type of stuff like this is not that's not real
1: but how many people had mothers like yours
0: and that's what i'm saying maybe maybe because i always had that and i just again we had on your podcast i said you know, some things I just thought this was normal. Like, I thought everyone had this. Like, I thought everyone learned these type of things. Yep. Maybe maybe I was the, the exception. Maybe I was the one person that learned it and everyone else didn't.
1: Correct. So, <laughs> Correct. Because not everybody can have the uh, a, a, a place where they have somebody that's protecting them from which they know could affect you just like a video game. If you play video violent video games all the time, like they have science behind it that says that it could potentially make you more violent. Um, just yeah. like when you're, you're at a household where your parents are beating you more or less like in their future, you know, beating up on your <laughs> children or it, something. Yeah. It, it, it The project of your environment, it, it all Matters in how it makes you who you are today, and uh, music.
0: Know, yeah, go ahead.
1: And I was just gonna end it with, you know, music could have the same impact. Uh,
0: you're, you know, you're, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, it's kind of funny because, um, again, now that we're older, we, 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 you know, people talk about wanting to have kids, and you learn about like, oh, what you should do, you know, gentle parenting and. You, you hear all these different things now that are so far different from what we were growing up. And I think it's interesting to like, one of the th- most th- things that I learned uh, as my friends started having kids was like, you learn the most from like the time you you come out of the womb
1: mm.
0: through the first four years of your life. but then, It's seven.
1: Like, it's actually the first seven.
0: Well, I was going to say, I think this like, you learn, the most in the first four but then like it goes all the way to seven where you like start to develop your personality and who you really are going to be uh you're downloading all the conversations around you all the, the things that you so there's like because there's the, the so you're subconsciously learning it all up until four but like from like five to to seven you're starting to kind of you start developing memories from five to seven correct so you to, yep so anything before four you don't necessarily know but things that they, your parents are doing around you because you don't know but everything after that from five to seven years old you start to like develop those worries about never having money you start to develop those worries of like never being enough because your parents aren't hugging you or, or loving you enough or or whatever Like you, those feelings that you start to you kind of recognize them but you don't necessarily understand why you feel those because that's where where you're learning them. you're learning to, to be the person you're going to be in those few years so I find that interesting because like, I always think about like in in a time of where I learn about manifestation and and they talk about like, oh, you know, if you don't have money, it's because you have a a weird block in your, in your psyche, you know, uh, your parents never had enough. And then it kind of put it onto you to never, that you're always in a, in a state of panic and trying to get to it. And and you always kind of wonder, like, I wonder what they did before I remember, (laughs) like what, what did your parents do before you could remember what they were doing? And you start to kind of think about it. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, cause I always thought like my parents, not necessarily that they had it together, but I definitely thought my parents never worried about shit. Like, like we were, it was always like, oh, life is what it is. Like whatever's coming our way is coming our way. And there's nothing to be, you know, nobody was worried. Like if we knew when bad things were happening, it was like, it was always, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of weird. For me,
1: that's the way I always looked at it. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, People do a lot of science uh, experiments about this or studies um, just to prove everything that we're saying. So, yeah, I I feel like music development um, and just development of a child at an early age, your parents being your first teachers, even though they don't even know that they're teaching you. The reason why is that kids are sponges like they absorb everything they're. trying to be like their parents they're trying to you know um oops oh my god it's they're just trying to become an adult right and and they can only learn by seeing everything you do my niece is the same way she's at one point when she was younger she used to just stare at me everything that i did because they are absorbing everything because they're learning how to be right so
0: yeah.
1: when your parents are, you know, listening to certain types of music, we just go back into that. It also, you know, impacts like what you listen to. Like I said, when I was growing up, we had R&B, like that was pretty much all I knew and whatever was on the radio, like pop music. Um, yeah. So that's why I wanted to bring that up is the fact so, that music plays a pe- factor then too.
0: Were, were your par- are your parents um, kind of young?
1: um so my parents my mom had me when she was 18 and my dad oh, i uh, think he was the same age
0: i i asked if they were kind of young because of the music you were listening to like like when i said my mom, i was listening to music my parents were listening to my mom was listening to like 50s and, and 60s music you said you guys were listening to like uh tony braxton which is 90s. Mm-hmm. so it's just kind of interesting in that sense because you're you know you kind of see um, how old they were and, and what was going on or whatever, but um, yeah, that's I I don't know it, it's interesting on how it all all plays effect on it um because I think I've heard um in the womb if you play like classical music like it helps mm. again stimulate the brain cells and yep uh, it'll help the kid to to adjust and grow smarter and everything like that so it's kind of interesting on how music does play such a big part that we don't even think about it. Like there's music played in movies and TV shows to kind of help transitions and things like that. Like music Mm -hmm. plays a big part in everything that we do. I mean, I don't think people realize.
1: And so one of the questions, and I think we're there now. So some of the people that impacted me, the people that I wish I could go and see in concert that really helped me to grow, to be who I am, see social, you know, uh, issues that were happening around us that my mom and dad weren't teaching me but I was learning from to, from music for instance Michael Jackson um, uh-huh. one of the one of the biggest songs to me that I still like it holds so much power and so much like it's essential to my like life is that song that he did called um, the man in the Mirror and the reason Dude, why it's a
0: sweet song like the melody when you hear it, I mean it's just
1: it's soothing, right? It, it's not just that it, it's soothing absolutely the, the music is soothing but the message is what really touched my heart. Right. Cause every single time I think of, you know, the world around me needs to change or the people around me need to change. It's like, no, the man in the mirror, you need to look in the mirror and see what it is that you can do to change and what you can do to change the people around you. And I feel like he played a pivotal part in my life because it made me just realize that I'm not, you know, the center of attention and, um, I, I have to be the person that I want everyone else around me to be first before I can be anything else um, I really love Michael Jackson just he's just as a very very powerful song uh, writer and performer and I wish I could have seen him in concert before he passed away um, but yeah Man in the Mirror is one of my favorite songs by him and the lyrics alone just are um, one of the the first line is I'm going to make a change. Like I am going to make a change, not they need to make a change or the world needs to change is I'm going to change. Um, because I want to make a difference because I want to be right. You know, it's, it takes it back to the self. And I feel like his, that song really helped me to self to develop myself because like one thing a lot of people don't realize, like you have parents. I didn't have any parents at home. I didn't have anybody teaching me, oh, don't consume that song because, like, um, it it could do this, that, and the other. I just, like I told you in my my podcast, I developed myself. I'm self-taught, self-developed, self-everything because I had to be.
0: Can I ask, you say you didn't have any parents at home. Like, were you raised by grandparents or was your parents Mm -hmm. just, like, busybody and and out and about?
1: So my dad didn't take care of his responsibility. I guess I wasn't one of them because he just was never around. So my mom was a single-parent mother, so she had to go to work. She worked three jobs. And um, my sister was in the street, so I was by myself. People don't understand what it means to be by yourself. A lot of people are really used to being in large families, but think about it. Your whole life, just trying to figure out on your own, that's me.
0: So we're actually... uh but the fact that go ahead ahead. ahead.
1: and I just wanted to just say that fact that you know everybody's perspective and how they you know learned music and how they were exposed to it was different and my ex uh exposure was because I had nothing else to I I didn't have another outlet other than music
0: right um well, actually, because I wanted before, like, I mean, we, we talked a lot about music, but I also kind of want to get a, a chance to kind of talk to you about your podcast. And, oh, yeah. Like, what, what kind of sets you on that journey? And it's interesting because you're talking about how you were by yourself and then you said, like, I had parents at home. And the, the funny thing is, I didn't get a chance to mention, like, my mom was a single parent as far as I was concerned. Like, but like, when, she, when she met my stepdad, um, I was, like, I think I was probably like ten, but I don't really recall him, or at least start thinking about him being in my life until I was about thirteen. Um, and that was because that's when my sisters come around, and that's whenever like I felt like he was steady. Before that, my mom had a boyfriend that uh, very much verbally abused me. Um, he would he would say he would say things and blame things on me to try and get me in trouble. But my mom was like.
1: My mom was a good mom.
0: Like, she she never took his side over me and my brothers. Like, if, if we were saying, that like he did something, she would take our side uh, and believing that, like, no, I'm not going to believe this man over my kids. My kids are my responsibility type thing.
1: I love that. But,
0: but in that same idea as a as a young man i'm also sitting here like i don't want my mom to be unhappy so like a lot of that abuse i never said anything to her about it oh wow so like for like it wasn't until they broke up and then she asked me like why didn't you ever say anything like well you know i didn't want i didn't want you to to be like i didn't want them to fight because like I, my earliest memories are of my mom and my dad fight like my very first memories are of them like arguing and being underneath the underneath the table while they were arguing um but so I never I like I, I never really liked arguing like I never been someone to like even now like me and my wife we get into when we get to disagreements like I usually just shut down like I will we'll talk when we're not arguing like I'm not gonna shout or get angry
1: but like, that's I healthy
0: feel, yeah but it, but sometimes it's not
1: because sometimes. Well, I, <laughs> well, let me let me let me clarify. It was healthy to walk away until you guys calmed down. Because I I, I study psychology, but and you're right. Like conflict is good in a relationship if it's constructive and it's like like you said, not yelling at each other, listening and trying yeah. to understand. So you have, even though you had those bad experiences, have still developed in a as a good man to know when you have your limitations and when you don't want to you know disrupt your relationship because you value it enough to know that it would be important for you to step away calm down and you know collect your thoughts and then come back that's important even because like you had such a you know different perspective growing up as a child like you know you hiding under the table like that it's scared like that puts fear into you that probably still like is you saying plays out to this day because you don't want what happened to your mom to continue to perpetuate how your adult life plays out. And I think that's really, um, admirable of you to even, even if it's subconsciously know how to do that, that's really important because you could have did the opposite and, and did exactly what your dad did, right? Or step, but you didn't. And I right. think that is, um, something that you need to reflect on it and be proud of yourself for. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it's a conscious thing. Like it's, it's a thing that I know about, but, But all that to say, like um, so my mom, I I had a great mom in the sense that she was aware. She she knew how to she was she was aware and she was caring enough to want to take care of her boys and, and make sure that we weren't uh put into like we weren't being abused, or she was, you know, we were her number one priority. Even when my sisters come around, like again, her kids are her number one priority, even as adults mom, don't worry about us. We're adults. We, we got this. She was like, I won't until I'm in their grave. Like, you guys will always be something I'm worried about always. Like, and I'm blessed in that sense. Um, and not to say my dad did it. My dad just had his own demons that he was fighting, but it's interesting because you, like you said, you, your parents, uh, you felt like they weren't there. And, and so is this what made you like decide to like, I know you said, like, I don't want this for myself, so you, you joined all these different committees and, and learned mm-hmm. all these different things. But at this point in your life, is this what makes you, like, is this what drives the Why Me podcast? Is this what makes you, like, are, are you hoping to change other people's, like, upbringing? Or, you know what I mean?
1: That's a great question. And the reason why I did the Why Me podcast is because, you know, it's one, a lot of people I have conversations with like this all the time. And every time we're like in the middle of conversations, we're always like, Oh, we should record this. We should record this. We should get this out to other people. And I was just at a point where you're like, yes, you're right. Black people need to have a place where they can, um, you know, express themselves in a way that they haven't been able to before. And so for me, everything that I do is because I want this, right? I want this. And I I know that there's other people that can benefit from this. I want it to finally tell my story. I want it to finally open up and say, hey, this is who I am. And, And then also just like start to get us out of this bondage, you know, get us out of this mental like in front, like this mental prison that we're in as a a community. And like, I, like I have talked to you on my last podcast, I never was, um, I was never welcomed or, you know, into the black community. Like I told you jokingly, I was like, I never got my black card or whatever. And I, and, and I just, it's like, I understand the black community and why they do this is because they, I, honestly, like it's really complicated as to why I'm doing it because I just I want to give back. I know that there's a lot of people that need help. I know that I can help, but the only way I can help is by sharing my story and to get it out there to the right audience. And like I really want to help elevate the Black community out of the the stigmatisms that people put around us the stories that people that are fictional around us, I want to just shed life on the truth. I want to just say, hey, to- you're not what the TV says. You're not what your environment says. You're not, you know, your limiting beliefs. You can think beyond that. You can have more beyond that. And I'm changing people's lives around me. And that's why I started doing it, because I was like, I have a lot of power, right, to make a big change in our community. And I want to, because one, I've never given back in this way. And then two, I just... Somebody has to do it, right? Somebody has to be the next uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Somebody has to be that next Ida B. Wells. Somebody has to be in our in our generation. And I'm stepping up to the plate. I, I feel like it's honestly my responsibility to do this. Like Martin Luther King, he made it his responsibility to help us out of the bondage that we were in. It's just like our generation, it's time for me or somebody to step up. And I chose myself to be that person who gets who lights the fly, the the flame. And I feel like once I get the right. And honestly, the podcast is going really well. Like I have had, we're in five different countries. We've had over 130 uh, listeners. I have uh, 11 followers that are on Spotify and I've only been doing this for less than two months. And right. it's, it's starting to resonate with people. It's, people are enjoying, I'm getting a lot of feedback from it. And it it's opening up our, our people. Our people are closed off. They're, they're keeping things in. They're not talking about their mental health. They're not talking about the fact that they were abused and and, and it still plays out to this day because they don't have anyone to, to reach out to. They don't have a platform think- to talk about this stuff with. They don't have somebody that says, I can relate to that. And have an open conversation. I just think that the Black community specifically, and anybody who's around that community, who's integrated in that community, could benefit in just understanding that they're not alone.
0: I think, uh, as I told you at the end of of your podcast when I was on it, like you're doing a great thing uh, for the culture, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's not at this point, I don't think there's many people that are having the conversation on. on the effects of, of your mental health and awareness and things like that in the culture. Like the ones that come to mind, I know Charlamagne the God is the big uh, advocate for, for therapy. He is always saying like black people need to go see therapy. He thinks everyone needs to be see therapists, but like black people in particular need to take time to see a therapist. And uh, I think recently um, Taraji P. Henson has, has up her herself into her own podcast and doing the same thing about mental health and awareness and things like that so the conversation is starting and i think it's a great thing and even i told you after the podcast when i started thinking about it like it's a it's take it's brave to to step out and do just you were just living your life but at the same time it was brave to do it because it wasn't what everyone else in your community and your environment would do and then you got ridiculed by your own you got ridiculed by the people you were you were stepping out and trying to get to know. And then there's things that we talked like we've talked about where it's like, you know, you can't have a bad day because then you become the angry black woman. Right. Or mm-hmm. uh, the angry black man. He can't, he can't have a bad day. Like I just had a bad moment. Like I spazzed out one moment, in my bad. And, but now that one bad moment turned into losing somebody's life because you're not allowed to have that. And I mentioned on your podcast about how we're always having to work twice as hard for, for the, less than what we deserve you know we're always trying to we have to create our own way all of the time just so that way we can be seen on the same level and so long as we're we're complacent and we're not actually fighting the fight you know we're not having these conversations as long as we're just willing to say like okay this is what has always been and, and we do that we'll always just be the background to America or the world. Because we allow it, accepting it to be what it is, but when
1: correct,
0: are willing to fight or willing to have the conversation or educate everyone else around them, and you don't have to educate them in a, an aggressive way. You're you're in a way you're you're gently allowing people to tell their side. And if you choose correct. to listen, if you choose to listen to your podcast and you can hear someone tell their story of like, I have multiple personalities or I've been. Uh, racially profiled, or I, I, yes, I did some bad things, because this is what I thought I was supposed to do, because this is what everyone else did, like, you're seeing it from people's own, you know, their own words are, are being what's telling this, we're not just hearing it, we're not just seeing it, because it's here say like, no, like, I've, I've told my story, I'm telling my story, like, like, I've, I've said on my podcast plenty of times, like, I grew up To be a gangster, but I also grew up to be a gangster because that's what I believe what a man is like if a man does what they have to do, like, it's not a matter of what's legal or not legal, or what's cool or not cool. It's like a man is a man of his word. They provide, they protect their family. And and that's, that's it. There's nothing more to it other than that. I would say the same thing about a gangster like yeah, sometimes what they do is uh, morally questionable, but they're providing for their family, being a man of their word, doing what they need to. Mo. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I was just curious, like what, what sets you on that path? And I think you, you've said it plenty of times where you were trying to change what was already there. And in the same way, like I, I said, I had to, I had to do the same thing. Like I, I changed uh, my perspective. I changed my views. I, I had to do a lot on my side and sometimes it's, it's scary to think like man i was a whole nother person a whole like it's a whole other life compared to who i was who i am today
1: <laughs> yeah and, and honestly the simplest form of what i'm trying to do and what and i really i realized exactly what it is that ignited this there were two documents two documents that ignited me to want to do this podcast like this year right now it was the willie lynch letter I, I'm still mad about it. The fact that this letter has perpetuated, you know, uh, us to be products of our environment in the sense that you know we feel inferior to white people. We feel like we have to stay in a box, like you had mentioned on our podcast about the flea in the box and and it being limited to just that which is around us and not being able to reach for the stars like we can because that is our birthright. And then the fact that um, this letter is being, is still playing out and impacting us every single day to this day, 300 later, 300 years later. And then the second reason why I decided to do it was because I read, um, I watched a YouTube video, this black uh, doctor, he was also a teacher, he and a lawyer, he, he was all three. And he was talking to me uh, about the, um, the nine DNA series. That African-Americans have in our DNA that sets us apart intellectually um, from everyone else. Anybody that has like dark melanin skin, we have nine DNA series. And that article was really the biggest catalyst because it was a copyrighted document, scientific document that they will not publish because they don't want us to know how important our DNA is to this world. Um, this document was copyrighted and it was only studied by geneticists that were not African-American. So they know this about African-Americans that we have, uh, nine DNA series. And what that means is that we have a, a, a lot more variety in our DNA to be, um, it measures how intelligent we could be. Um, And it it shows that the nine DNA series is that we can be, we are the most intelligent species on the planet. And I, and at that part, when I read that and I, I watched this three hour YouTube video twice and I was like, are you serious? (laughs) I was like, no, I need to tell everybody about these two documents because this is what's going to help us to like become aware that we are, being lied to
0: have you um have you looked into dr savi yet
1: dr savi yet how do you spell his last name
0: Savi. um he's not he wasn't a real just S A B I. I believe is how he spells it but he, he wasn't technically a real doctor but he's he fought, he's a
1: he's a hordorian herbalist
0: yes he 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 fought. He he won a case against the U.S. government because he he made claims that his that he could cure all diseases, and he had uh, documents that proved that he was able to heal like AIDS and cancer through his his uh, his method. And I believe the way he won it, he was like, "Give me twenty of your sickest, uh patients, and I will heal them." And essentially, I think two of them died because they were just, like, old. Like, it wasn't a matter of yeah. they couldn't, they couldn't have, have healed. It was just, like, they were already dying because they were old. It had nothing to do with their health as much as it, or not as much with their health as it was that their age was just coming to an end. And then everyone else was healed by them changing their diet. And, like, it's an herbal diet. It's only, you know, fruits, vegetables, things that are naturally, not even, not even like GMOs. Like, that's the thing. It's like a very strict non-GMO diet, an alkaline diet. And uh, there's a lot of belief that he was uh, killed because of his teachings. Like, he was teaching.
1: Oh, I believe it. They don't want them.
0: But. But yeah, so there's a lot of people that that go on the Dr. Shavey diet. They believe it. There's huge case studies behind it. Uh, Nick Cannon's supposed to be doing a documentary behind it. Um, There's even theories that that's why Nipsey Hussle was killed because he was going to do the documentary. Wow.
1: You know what's so crazy? I'm not surprised because they always kill people off that are telling the truth. And if anybody killed them off, it was the pharmaceuticals and the government together because they want to be able to push these pills. If they don't push the pills they don't make money, they don't make profit, they don't make revenue, and they don't keep us in a cycle of taking these prescription drugs all the time. So doctors say be trying to tell us, oh, just eat fruits and vegetables, you'll be fine. They're like, no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, then we won't have any jobs. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, so I think there's, a, to some degree, I think that it's it's not, it's not fine if you do it. The problem is that we don't want you telling everyone else to do it. And I think that's Correct. where, where, where yep. that comes into it. Uh, yep exactly and, uh but yeah so dr savey is somebody i would tell you to maybe look a little bit into and kind of see into his uh his lifestyle and because and he's one of those people that i think would just interest you as far as for like the because his thing was like i think even uh dick gregory was on the same thing was like we're not eating the same things that we're supposed to be eating we're eating all these unhealthy things we're eating fried chicken we're eating all these different things that are not Natural to the body, cereal, cereal. (laughs) So, we're
1: literally eating the box, Corbore box.
0: (laughs) Right. So, he's, he, uh, so yeah, I would, I would look into it. I Uh, will just as something to, if if you run out of things to look into, because I know there's a plethora of things, like once you start looking down these rabbit holes. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many cases where you could kind of go down it. I think, again, shedding light on them and, not necessarily looking at it from like because what happens unfortunately is like you go too far down the rabbit hole then they start labeling you as a conspiracy theorist and whatnot like Oof. that. But I think what you're what you're doing is is a natural conversation of like no what I'm trying to do is humanize our people.
1: Correct. Is- yes, we are human. Correct. Yes you said it best I agree with you. I do.
0: Because because like a lot of people don't realize like you know it wasn't it wasn't Martin Luther King doing the marches or telling his speeches. It wasn't even, uh, Malcolm X doing his marches and his speeches that really kind of shed the light on how bad it was. It was actually the media covering them and then seeing how they were getting dogs released on them and how they were getting sprayed with, with the hoses that made all of white America start realizing like, that doesn't seem right. Like these people are just like walking down the street. Like, seeing them get them brutalized unfortunately we have to see the ugly part of it for people to start to realize like huh maybe like once the mirror shows you what you're what you're doing and you can't hide behind anything because now you're actually seeing what is going on I think that's the unfortunate part I think that's where a lot of the hostility in the world comes from right like you you don't want to admit like that you're the problem
1: and that is why the man in the mirror by michael jackson was important to me because just like you're saying these people are looking at external things to be the reason why that they're upset angry this that and the other but in reality you have to look at yourself and look in the mirror like you just said and be like okay maybe i'm not exactly
0: it's easier to blame everybody else you're the you, you know you the cop wasn't doing anything wrong you were the one that was wrong you didn't comply you were the you're the problem you you shouldn't have been there you're in the wrong place and it wasn't you know you should have been at home you should you know always something always always somebody else always you know you, you know everybody else but me like and I always kind of wonder like at what point are we going to take our uh responsibility for our own actions like
1: correct and I, that is now
0: yeah, I, I, I'm one of those people that I've always been, like, I, my mom will tell you, like, I've never been one to really lie, like, if I was in trouble, and, and I knew I was in trouble, I pretty much like yeah, I, I did this, or I did that. I was always kind of that person, and, uh, but, you know, and that, again, not everyone has the same mentality, not everyone has the same moral compass, they don't do the same thing, so, exactly. But, uh, yeah, your story is, is interesting, and I'm, I'm always like, like I said when i when I hear something new and I again i as I said like I'm I, when you're young you don't think about the other people in your same spot like you know we grew up in the same city same school district and we were going through similar battles and we didn't know it because of when we went to school the persona that we were putting on for the rest of the world correct the things that we, things that we didn't want to admit to you know whether we didn't want to admit to ourselves or to other people you know you said your mom worked uh, three jobs. My mom was working, you know, two two jobs and coming home and, and cooking and cleaning and providing for us and doing things, you know, trying to help a, a 15-year-old son have his first kid and, and show him what it's like to be a man. And like, there's so many different things that that go on behind those walls and, and how we cope is, is, is really different. And again, like we said, you're afraid to speak on those situations if, you know, you don't, for judgment. Like, I don't, I that's where I think, I think I kind of break the mold. Like, whenever we talk about in today's world, like, uh, for instance, whenever, like, Will and Jada's always had those uh, rumors that they were swingers. And I was like, well, if they both know about it, like, what's wrong with it? Like, there's no cheating. There's, they, they've both been openly about, you know, yeah, we messed around with whoever and if, if they're both for it, like, who are we to judge, like, their union? Like, that's how they choose to live their life. I don't, I'm not that person to to do that to people. Like I don't look at, you know, this is how I believe it. Like no, we all live our lives. What works for you, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, I think it's all good.
1: (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more. Um, But yeah, I appreciate you bringing me on your show this uh, today, and I hopefully I gave you some of the uh, material that you wanted. But I'm happy to have shared my story.
0: I think you did great. I actually, I just, uh, I want to end it on a, a happier, up, more upbeat thing. Sure. So I just want, I'm just curious, um, who's an artist that you listen to that kind of embarrasses you that you like? <laughs>
1: oh, that's funny. Um,
0: like, if I got ooh. in your playlist, like what, what's the one? Like, uh, I hope I wasn't listening to that song before he got a hold of my playlist.
1: Man, that's a good. Hello?
0: There you are. <laughs>
1: oh, sorry. I, I, don't, I Did you hear me though? My I choice?
0: I, did, I, I didn't. You, you went out on me. I thought, oh, you, I thought you hung sorry. up on me like, oh, that's a good question. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. No, um, I said Miley Cyrus. I really like a, a lot of her music, but I would never tell anyone that.
0: That's awesome. Actually, that. I could see that. She's made some very... She's actually made some good music. Now, depending on how far down her the catalog you might go might make it more cringy, but I could see that. I could see
1: Exactly. That. Like, I so don't she's know about new her new, right right new
0: right stuff. she got what? that new song right now that's, like, really blowing up. The I Can Buy Myself Flowers, Write My Name in the Sand.
1: Oh, wow. I've not heard it yet. I'll- <laughs> Let's do uh, it.
0: Must, you must not be on TikTok. Apparently, it was a I'm song. Not. song. <laughs> it's a song that she wrote in response to Bruno Mars's song. And once you know it, like, oh, that kind of makes sense as a response. But apparently, like, her ex husband had, like, dedicated that song to her. And then, so that's why she starts, like, she says, there's, she can uh, buy her own flowers and write her name in the sand because that's what Bruno Mars says. If he would have known he would have bought her flowers and wrote her name with the sand.
1: Interesting.
0: But um yeah, I'm uh I think if I was to say, like, because I again I have a wide range of music, Miley Cyrus could be one of the ones I'd be embarrassed to say I like the party. <laughs> I, like, I like her her 23 song. Like I could I could say that, but I'd also probably say Justin Bieber. I was early <laughs> on Justin Bieber and I like Justin Bieber. So oh
1: my god. Do you know how to sing, Bieber? <laughs>
0: Do I know how to sing Bieber? No, I don't know how to sing Bieber, but I definitely, like, you know what? A no, I mean, Bieber? like,
1: Justin Bieber, like, his music. Can you sing his music? Uh,
0: again, I it's been a while since I listened to it, but I know his, like, first, like, EP that he put out. I, I, I knew that one pretty well. Um, and I know his baby song
1: pretty well well no the reason why i was asking that because i don't know if you sing or not like just in general but i like this song that ariana grande and justin bieber did together it's called stuck with stuck with you um and i'm always looking for a bieber to record that song uh, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: am not a, I am not a vocalist in the, in the singing aspect if you want me to rap something you know Mac Miller the verse Ooh. maybe I can do that but I I'm not I'm not the uh <laughs> oh that's what I wanted to mention too I did see you sing when you were talking about singing your sister I think posted a video of you singing like Erica Badu or something like that and I thought it was oh my god
1: song. Uh, thank you. I love singing that song, Tyrone. It's just funny. It's one of those bad songs that still is like really good. Like even if I'm not kicking Tyrone out, I'm like still singing "Erica Baidu. The funny thing is, like so
0: you Tyrone, <laughs> Tyrone's not the bad guy. Tyrone is the friend that comes and helps to move out.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but everybody, everybody says tyrone
1: i'm like but tyrone was the homie like he wasn't even the he wasn't that even the is so funny i think that is like, that's the end <laughs> because like that is so funny yeah I, I i like to record that's all from star maker and what i was gonna say is you should download it we should sing a because i i can't do any of the duets for rap songs because i don't know the rap parts I love Lauryn Hill. I love, uh, there's a, a bunch of them that have rap parts to it that I can't sing because I, like, don't rap.
0: We will we will see something. We'll figure something out. I'm sure there's something. Like I, I like. I said, I, I'm a fan of, you know, from what you're doing on, with your podcast, I'm a fan of Thank it. Thank you. Um, the music that I have seen, I've liked it. So uh, from afar, I will be here watching. I... I am a big supporter of people that I know doing, you know, going for what they want. Like I said, on your podcast, if you're not hurting anyone else and it's what you want to do by all means, do it podcasting music. Like those are my realms. So like, if I see someone that I know doing those, I'm always going to 100% do my best to support because it's important when you're independent. Um, I think it's, you know, uh, funny how we all know someone that's an independent artist and nobody really takes them serious. And, uh, as I get older, it becomes of, oh, you're you're going to be the 40-year-old rapper. Like, well, yeah, but I've been rapping since I was 17, 16 years old. Like, it's not like I just, just quit my job one day and decided I was going to rap. Like, no, it's a thing I've been doing for for the better of 20 years, you know? So um, I don't see anything wrong with it. If it's, it's not hurting anyone, but by all means, go for it. Continue to sing your songs. Um, but thank I want to thank you for... I want to thank you. It was a great time on your podcast. I think we had a great podcast on ourselves. This will be up shortly. Is there anything uh, anywhere you want them to tell you to follow you or anything else?
1: Yeah, please follow me on Instagram at Why Me Now Podcast. Um, I have all of my episodes listed on there as well. So I hope to get a new listener too, and hopefully also make an impact as well on their lives too.
0: All right. So. Um, uh, listen to the Wyoming podcast. Uh, I was on there on this most recent episode. So hopefully if you're hearing this one today. You can go back and listen to that one, uh, or any other time. Also, if you want to follow me, follow me on, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at CBJSLEEP underscore E underscore J until next time. Take it easy.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye.